Uh, hey, Oliver, we've said it a million times, but I'm going to say it a million and one. With one delicious scoop of, of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help start your day right. I did it today. Later in the podcast, I'm going to talk about a golf match I played in. There is no doubt in my mind that I, well, I played well in my match Mm. Uh, because I had my scoop of athletic you greens it, before you I, I owe left it to the athletic house. greens. You did green. You did you did great on the greens because you drank your green. You know what I mean? Because athletic greens is actually green. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. they should put a little scoop of of like some uh, of a Poana green uh, into <laughs> into my shaker when I'm going to go play golf. Who knows? Maybe that's exactly the reason why. Yeah. I played. I mean, it's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free, or gluten free, uh, it's less than one gram of sugar. So, I mean, it's it's everything you want. It's everything you need, and, and it makes you regular. You know, if you read between those lines. You know what regular means? I'm not going to explain it. Drink it in the morning on an empty stomach, and then you're good to go. You're tight. You got beautiful timing with. Uh, regular? With, you mean like just like just a normal guy? No, girl? you know what I mean? Regular, regular, meaning like your BMs. You know what a BM is? I do. Okay. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. And it's a beautiful oh, okay. thing. Yeah. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the summer months. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash daddyissues, athleticgreens.com slash daddyissues, take ownership over your health, and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hey, who doesn't love a good treasure hunt? Especially one filled with exciting twists, turns, and plenty of thrilling outdoor adventure. New podcast from Cavalry Audio, X Marks the Spot, the legend of Forrest Fenn has all of it and so much more. Now, if you don't know the name Forrest Fenn, well, let me fill you in. Fenn was an art dealer from New Mexico who hid $2 million in gold and jewels somewhere in the Rocky Mountains. Then he published a poem giving exact instructions on how to find it, but only if you were clever enough to figure the poem out. After, it turns out, someone was clever enough. The treasure was found in the summer of 2020. And amazingly, that was just the beginning of this truly exceptional story. Because what happened next was, well, you're going to have to listen to find out. Listen to X Marks the Spot, the legend of Forrest Fenn, the first and only podcast to fully investigate the Forrest Fenn treasure hunt and enjoy never-before-heard interviews with the main players involved, in-depth analysis of each clue in the poem, new insights regarding the finder and the location of the treasure, and so much more. I'm like, God, it's like present after present after present. X marks the spot. The legend of Forrest Fenn is available now wherever you get your podcasts. But if you go listen to that and somehow you're not listening to ours anymore, then, you know, screw Forrest Fenn. (laughs) Cool story, by the way. I followed it, and it's uh, I, I I love the story. Great, great, great story. Hashtag, I haven't seen you clean shaven for a while. You look better with a beard. I'm going to explain to you why, why I'm clean shaven. Are you ready? 
Yeah, am I going to like it or is this? No, I don't know. No, it's it's not. It's neither here nor there. What does that even mean? I never liked that. Oh look, Casa de Cadillac is calling me. Hold on, I got to take it. Oh. Hello. Oliver, hey buddy, it's Eric at Casa de Cadillac. What's up, brother? How are you? Uh, I'm good, but I'm good. Hey, we're done with your vehicle. We did the brakes. Oh, good. Windshield. Check engine light. Um, we're closed now. Are you guys good with just it, keeping so the car for a few months? After like nine o'clock tomorrow, they'll be ready for your pickup. We'll oh, good. Cleaned up for you. Yeah, All right. Anytime after nine, you can just come grab it and it'll be ready for you. All right. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Anytime, man. All, All right. right. We'll see you tomorrow. All right, brother. Okay. All right. All right. I love you. That is so LA. There we go. Okay, man. Yeah, hey, man. Anytime you guys want to come out and pick it up, we got that thing all shined up for you. Okay, man. <laughs> hey, man. Okay, brother. Love you. Okay, bro. Yeah, bro. Okay. I know him. That's my boy. And okay, you just you just did a, a an impression of LA. Give me a, a St. Louis car service impression. How does it work where you live? Okay, call me. Hey, uh, is this Joe? Joe Buck? Hey. It's Eric from hey, Casa de Cadillac. No, I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the guy at the You're the guy at the serve. Oh, so you gotta call me. Okay. Ring ring. Ring ring. Hello. Hello. Hey, who's this? <laughs> this is Josh. Uh, I work at uh Bomberito. Oh, Audi. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Is uh, my car you call him to tell me my car's ready. I'm assuming. What? I, I said you're. I'm, I, I'm assuming you're calling to tell me that my car is ready. Hello. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's ready. Everything uh, turned out okay. No surprises. Few surprises, but we'll talk about that when you get here. <laughs> 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 All right, go. Why are you clean shaven? Uh, <laughs> um, well, <clears throat> I I are you did fiddle with your hair the whole time, so I feel like I'm talking to Ben Franklin at the end of his life. I, I'm sorry. I just I usually wear a hat. It's all over the place right now. I uh, yesterday, oh my trouble seems so far away. Uh, yesterday, or was it the day before? Day before yesterday, I did something called a Morpheus laser treatment. So I go into my man, Dr. Jason Diamond, who's a great, a great man. And he uh, is fixing my face, trying to make me look sexy for the season two of The Cleaning Lady. Anyway, I went in and they, they, I'll send you a picture, but they put creaming, numbing cream all over my face for like an hour and then they did this crazy laser thing on me where it's like needles and penetrating the skin and it's supposed to tighten you up and add collagen and take away or a few little wrinkles, whatever. I, I'm trying to freshen up and, and it was, it was uh, I did a laser. Isn't this <clears throat> going to be bad for continuity's sake? I mean, what if you look so much younger that season two, you look like the before picture of what happened in season one? Yeah, it's like Benjamin Button of television. I just keep getting younger yeah. each season. It, it's definitely not that drastic. <laughs> I mean, you look you look minutes younger. I, I don't think I've seen you look this young since uh, two weeks ago. I'm still swollen here. Like they it didn't Did it really hurt. Oh, dude! Like 
They put numbing cream on for an hour, you know, and it still hurt. It, it, it wasn't as excruciating as I was told it was going to be by some friends who had done it before. But they were like, oh, my God, it's the worst. And I am. I got And Aaron was even like, babe, you can't do this. Like, you need to take painkillers and Valium. And I'm like, what? Like, how can it be that bad? And I did it, and it wasn't that bad. It hurt. On the forehead, you know, where there's no, there's bone. And, like, the cheekbones. Yeah. And they did it under my eye. Like, kink, kink, kink. That hurt. It hurts. <laughs> <laughs> So if you put that numbing cream all over your face, what are some of the things that I could do to you that you wouldn't feel? Probably slap me. Could I slap you with like a full shoulder turn? Yeah, I mean, no, I'd say just the arm, not full shoulder turn. Okay. And I would feel the impact, you know what I mean? The concussion of of your hand, but the slap itself against the skin... It wouldn't be that bad. And then the problem is it dripped down onto my lips. So then everything was numb for like four hours afterwards. I couldn't feel. That sounds like a nice dietary plan. Yeah, it is. You just numb numb lips. (laughs) It is. So that's why I'm clean shaven. I haven't haven't been clean shaven in in many, many years, honestly. Did you use a razor? Did you you use? uh, I didn't go that far. I took just tight. I took you the, took a clipper thing yes. and went tight. Yeah, I took the lawnmower that we used to sponsor, that used to sponsor us. Um, yeah. The, uh, what's it called? Fucking. Manscaper. Manscaper. And uh, I took the guard off and I went up. Like, wing, you know. Yeah. I, 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 can't, I haven't used a razor on my face. I, I can't even remember, dude. I mean, it, it's been so long. Me either. I, I I've done a Super Bowl where I haven't had a beard, but I just kind of use the clippers. And yeah, get it down as close as I can. I just don't like having a smooth face. I hate it. It feels. I feel really uncomfortable. I don't know why. Yeah. I it mean, makes me feel fatter for some reason. It does. Yeah. It makes me feel like dirtier. Even though that's crazy counterintuitive, but it just it it weirdly does. I feel like more wow. things like stick to my face. My beard sort of works as like cilia, and it like sloughs off all the bad stuff. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. This is uh, easily I, the most I, boring start to a podcast uh, we've ever had. No, you, what do you mean? I, we, we 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 did we just did a whole bit where we played a, two characters. I told you about my my lasering, you know. Um, and then I used a word called cilia, which I'm not sure if that's even correct. And you didn't correct it's a, me. Uh, f- isn't that a Phil Collins song? That's Cecilia. I have three things that I wrote down that I want to talk to you about today. Okay. I have a couple things too, but you go first. Okay. Um, from Margot to everyone, a short micro- microscopic hair-like vibrating yeah. structure found in large numbers on the surface of certain cells, yeah. either causing currents in the surrounding fluid or in some protozoans and other small organisms providing propulsion. Wow. Is it, is it pronounced cilia? Cilia? I think so. I don't, how can she do that? I don't she know, but type I, that. I'm going to have to jump in. Cilium. Cilium. I was close. I was close. 
Uh, okay, go. Um, Number one. Okay, I, I will go. I'll go my my top. I have three. You have two. Okay. And once I get to the last topic, I think it'll be the longest topic that we talk about. Okay. Mine's then are, we can be done. Okay, good. Okay. One. Yeah. Uh, unsolicited shout out to my wife for being able to make a good dinner out of whatever is around. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how like she it, it is as impressive to me as if she could grow a flower out of her ear mm. that that she can look in our refrigerator i just had the best chicken chunk mm-hmm. on salad with rice and peppers mm. and some sort of sauce around it and b- black beans it was so good mm. you could sell it in any restaurant and she just Put it together while I was in the pool with the boys. So wow, nice. I don't know if Aaron does that. I I just no, I'm, I'm I in awe of the ability to do that. That's amazing. This the whole tableau you just painted felt very domesticated and sort of very sort of fifties like, where dad's in the pool yeah. with the boys and mom's in the kitchen whipping up some chicken cacciatore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Does that hurt your California sensibilities? Like the idea that I had the boys and she she enjoys that. She's drinking wine. She's cooking food. Mm-hmm. She's happy. That makes her happy. That doesn't mean she's June Cleaver all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I, I get it. I, I totally get it. I love cooking. It makes me happy. So I, I understand it. When I was picturing it in my head, I pictured it all in black and white. Yeah. We 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 operate in black and white here in St. Louis most most days. Uh, when you land in St. Louis, it's just black and white. Yeah, whatever that what was that movie with Pleasantville uh, the woman that was. What was it? Was it Pleasantville? Pleasantville, yeah, yeah where everything's in black and white. And, yeah, yeah, we live in Pleasantville. <laughs> we have our own little bubble. We we have a combination of Pleasantville and the Truman Show, mm. and somebody's just basically maneuvering my life from up above. Mm. Now I, I saw this whole ESPN thing coming. I love that. I love I love that. And my mom was like that. She still is, obviously. She's still with us. Uh, yeah, she could whip up anything from the refrigerator. And, and, and she just throws it all into some crazy pot. And, and I don't know how she does it. And when you're watching her, it's sort of like, oh, geez, like, what the hell are you doing? And, you know, this is in there and a celery stalk and like Munster cheese and some like jam. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this is not going to be good, mom. What the? And then she serves it and it's incredible. She really has a knack for that. Wow. Yeah. I I don't understand how there's a sauce involved. There was no sauce before and now there's sauce. Can you break down the sauce just via your taste buds? What do you think was in it? Um, I'm, I'm feeling like there some was some sort cr- of broth. Cream was it cream based at all? No, it was not creamy. It okay. was uh, brothy. Okay, so like maybe a chicken stock, mothy, like a chicken stock, probably. Yeah, like a chicken stock. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'd probably some garlic. It was good. Like yeah. I, I ate a whole bowl of this stuff. Was it soupy? And, uh, no. Oh, there you go. That's the, I, some of the salads left. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, but so that was good. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this short break with more daddy issues. 
so that was the first thing. But but here's the real thing I was going to tell you. Uh, and then I've got one more thing. Tournament. Our term, my children's hospital golf tournament was Monday. This past Monday, we raised six hundred and forty-seven thousand wow. dollars. Congrats, in, buddy! Half a day for children's hospital, and it's so fun. And I think you should come some year. And it's just so awesome and humbling to be around these kids. We had about six kids that have all been through absolute hell with their health and again you know one thing we have in st louis are great hospitals and children's hospital is a top 10 hospital in the country and the money that we raise goes to the imaging center so that's the mri machine the uh the cat scan the whatever they they made me a putter from one of their imaging you know like a 3d putter Mm -hmm. that they made from a printer Mm -hmm. that was that that was kind of a gift that they gave to me that i'm looking at right now but to be around these kids Mm. there was a kid there eight who just had he's he has some sarcoma that he's been battling and you do watch the video and i sit up there and i have to talk right after Mm. it and as we've talked about before i'm the easiest easiest cry in the world yeah and I'm watching this video just melting, and, and I can barely talk mm-hmm. after it. And it's this eight-year-old who talks about, you know, there's no reason to be sad. He just had his right leg amputated. He's mm-hmm. got just fitted for a prosthetic. He's, he's, been, he's been battling cancer, and he's talking about how it's who, wh- nobody's got time to be sad. Mm-hmm. And, and then you, you apply it to your life. It's like... What am I bitching about yeah. at all? Yeah. This, and if it's not you, it, if it's if it's even worse, and it's a kid of yours, my God! I mean, there's just nothing more crushing than, than something like that. And watching these little beautiful kids go through these things, and I don't know. It just it's such a great night. It's a, it's a great day. We tee off at 11. We were in the reception room by 4.30, and we were out of there by 5.30. Mm, and we perfect. raised $650,000 in essence. And these kids' stories, this kid Luke, who was there as a little boy, now he's a senior in high school. He comes back every year, gave me this great gift. Um, and it's just, I mean, there's just nothing more cool than yeah. seeing these kids thrive after watching their life and their their whole story just walk right. There's Rio right mm-hmm. there, right on cue. Mm-hmm. Just watching their whole life flash before them and their poor parents. And I don't know. It just it was a great day. And wow, I don't well, know. Good should, for you. We dude. should have you here some year for that. Good for you. I want to make a comment on that, but I want to say first that you know I always joke that you know you didn't invite me to your wedding. No, no, no. Even though you really did, you actually didn't invite me to this. Um, I did invite you to my wedding. No, no, I know you did the wedding. I've invited you to this many times. You were going to fly out here with Victor Coleman. uh, That was last. That was a while ago. That was last year. But okay, it's all good. But some year you got to fly in. I I will fly you in. I want to, and and, um, a nice time. I love that you do that. Um, I play in a St. Jude tournament every year. Patrick Warburton's, and I same thing. Though the kids come up on stage, and it's. It's heart wrenching and heartwarming all at the same time. Um, I'm always crying. You know, there's a part of me that gets scared to hear it because then you can't help but transfer those feelings to your children and then project yeah. like, what if this happens? And, and uh, 
it's amazing the resilience of these kids and, and, and their positive outlooks. It's just fucking crazy and it's inspirational and truly unbelievable because, you know, I as an adult, as a 45-year-old man, put myself in that situation and I would crumble. I feel like I would anyway just just crumble instead of having that sort of resilience, not to say that they didn't go through some sort of pain and suffering emotionally and then came out the other side, but they're just their positivity and their just their outlook is so incredibly inspiring and amazing. Yep. And um, so years ago, I, I actually uh, volunteered at the Children's Hospital and I would go there every Thursday and I started in LA and I started with just reading books to kids, but in the lobby, you know, it was these kids who were coming there for appointments or checkups or this and this and that. And it went really well and it was really great. And 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 then I was talking to the liaison there. I'm like, well, how do I get upstairs? You know what I mean? Like, I want to. They're wanna... like, that's just for A-listers. Yeah, um, yeah. We've, they're like, we've they're got like Pitt Bradley and Cruz are up, up there, there right yeah. now. <laughs> I'm like in the basement level. You're you know? more of a lobby guy <clears throat> or a basement or cafeteria. Hundred percent. Like, I, I was I was basically talking to kids. And, and adults who weren't even sick. <laughs> They're like, you just entertain the people coming in. And I'm like a lobby host, you know? Right. The UPS guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm reading the UPS guy in books. security. Yes. Um, but there's a whole protocol that you have to go through in a whole training session. And I was like, oh, man, I don't have the time for that. But I got pushed through this girl, Mir- Miriam. And she's like, you know what? Screw it. Just let's let's just push you through, and you and you go and do it. So, uh, the rest of the time that I was volunteering there, I was scrubbing in. I had to scrub, wear whole things because I was now in these rooms with kids who had their immune systems completely stripped. You know, they were on their last sort of legs, and 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 you know, I guess I don't know, but I, I they were to- I was told that. When it come when it's coming to the end, or when you're last ditch efforting, they just strip you of everything, strip your immune system, and yeah, you know, oh. and um, and uh, it was unbelievable just hanging out with some of these kids. I did a whole wedding ceremony with this little girl. She wanted to marry me, and I brought rings, you know, little toy rings, and we did an entire sort of ceremony, you know. And then, oh. but when I was going up there, you know, um, when they were first sort of briefing me, they just said, they said, look, a lot of the kids where you're going aren't going to make it. You know what I mean? Some are, but some aren't. And, uh, you know, if you're going to be here consecutively or, or for a period of time, you're going to get to know some of these kids. And it's important that you just understand that, that they might not be here when you come one time, you know. And it was yeah. just really heavy, really, really heavy, heavy stuff. Um, but it, oh. I did, it, did, it did feel great to be with, sit with them, and it was inspirational, and it was amazing, and their parents were incredible. And um, That's what hooked me in <clears throat> when I was a young dad, and Natalie was three maybe, so this is like 1999. She turned 26 yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um and we were getting her checked for cystic fibrosis. And the doctor was like, I don't know. I just want to check it. And my dad had done a lot of work with CF, with cystic fibrosis, for, I mean, two decades worth of work. And I remember telling him the night before she was going to go in for this test at 1130 in the morning. And he was, 
you know, what would he have been in 96? You know, he's, he's over 70. Mm-hmm. Wasn't moving around that grade. And I was, I was like, well, we're taking Natalie in tomorrow. They want to check her for cystic fibrosis. It was like, she doesn't have cystic fibrosis. And I said, well, okay, Dr. Buck, but that's, they want to check her. <laughs> they do a sweat test. And mm-hmm. other than your diagnosis, we're still going to go through with it. Don't, don't worry. She doesn't have it. I said, I know, but it just, it, it makes you stop and it makes you take stock of everything. And, and his big phrase was, don't holler till you're hurt. Mm-hmm. So don't worry about it until somebody tells you something different and gives you a reason to worry. There's no point mm-hmm. in, in, letting your mind go mm-hmm. and so eleven thirty comes around the next day and i'm in there with ann and natalie and who's walking through the front door my dad mm. and he sat there with us through the whole test and they make they put this like plate on natalie's leg to make her sweat and then they they test her sweat it's like a, a sweat plate mm-hmm. that you sweat underneath this thing and the first time she was running around and being hyper and she didn't sweat enough, and then they had to do it again. And, you know, she didn't have it. But mm-hmm. the point was, when it comes to kids and it comes to that, everybody everybody likes to look the other way. You know, like you just said, I, I don't even want to hear some of the stories because my mind will go to, well, what mm-hmm. if that happens to my kids? Or, you know, in the case of my dad, oh, she doesn't have it. And and it was probably ridiculous to even check her for it. But um, but you know, you, you can't be too sure. And when that happens, that's when you pull everybody around you and, and hope to have the biggest nest you can have to yeah. try to make sure that everything's okay. But that, so it was at that time that I was like, if I'm ever in a position, I was 27 years old or whatever I was, if I'm ever in a position where I can really make a difference anywhere, raising money for something, I'm going to do it for this place. Mm-hmm. And and it was it was as much for the kids as it was for the other parents. It was as much for them as it was for the doctors and the nurses and the people that are there every day. And like you said, they they're giving they're pouring their heart into these children, and they know some of them are not going to make it. Mm-hmm. And they're seeing death every day. They're seeing great stories every day too. But it's a lot on these caregivers that are in there with these little kids who are going through so much and showing so much strength and courage and. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just it. It's really, it's really. Yeah, something it's incredible. To Who was the biggest celebrity there? We don't do that. Me, we don't do. It. I was the only person there. Oh, I, really? We, 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 yeah. It was just foursomes. Like Patrick well, Warburton, you just said he played in his. Yeah. He came to mind way back. Hold on, hold like on. Not Joe, hold long on. after that, hold. he flew to St. Louis. So he's been to my children's hospital golf tournament, and you have not, Oliver. No, I know you have invited me, and yeah, I haven't been able to make it. I'm just saying, Patrick year, Warburton th- has been there, and you haven't. This year, I got no invite, and I could have made it. Okay, but you were getting your face lasered off. Yeah, I could have That's changed. That's happening. If I would have known that I was going to the thing, my, I wouldn't have lasered my face off. You know, I would We have, have that procedure in St. Louis. So next year, one year <laughs> after, we can play in the golf tournament, and then I'll race you to the day spa, mm-hmm. and they can numb your In fact, you can play golf with the numb cream mm. on your face. And then afterward, before the program or during the program, we'll just watch them laser age yeah. spots and wrinkles out of your skin yeah do it for the kids that's that's a great uh message It'd be a to great send. little yeah. show and tell it would be amazing we're raising money these kids are going through hell yeah I'm raising money for cancer Oliver. and i'm i'm lasering my face yeah yeah that's yeah <laughs> I, I feel like that's uh it's appropriate <laughs> 
If you're enjoying this episode of Daddy Issues, don't keep it to yourself. Please share the love and tell a friend about Daddy Issues and go subscribe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We beg you. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss what's coming up right after the break. All right, go ahead. You have something you want to talk to me about. I just wanted to hit upon this whole golf situation that's happening with the Live Saudi Tour. Dustin Johnson has moved over. Now DeChambeau has moved over. Of course, you've got Kevin Na. Phil Mickelson has officially moved over, given up their PGA Tour cards. Patrick Reed. Graham McDowell. Yeah. So is this a slippery slope? Um, And then I wanted to get your take on just the money aspect of it. There's a certain point where everyone has a price. And if you're Graham McDowell, if you're Kevin Na, even if you're DJ, and they're offering you $125 million and Phil $200 million, and DeChambeau, it's undisclosed, but he's even more of a draw than Phil probably. He's probably 250 How do you turn something like that down? Um, and what are your like feelings and thoughts about it? And on the flip side of it, you know, McElroy was giving a press conference today, Rory, and just talked about money and how ultimately if you do something solely and specifically for the money, you're never really sort of will be fulfilled at the end of the day. I, I, I'm glad he said that. I didn't know that he did a press conference, and, and I agree with that to a certain point. I think that there's two sides of the tour. There's the side of the guys that know they're not probably going to make a ton more money you know, Phil Mickelson's my age, he's mm-hmm. 52. And this, you know, he's the one that's trying to say that he's fighting for uh, for the other players on the tour. I, I just think he's trying to justify a money grab. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think he needs to apologize for it unless you get into, you know, where the money's coming from. And then then there's the slippery slope. Because I think if, if you're the one to stand up and go, well, I, I don't, I'm not taking their money because of what they stand for, then I, I think you have a really strong, firm footing on which to stand with that. And I think you're you're on the right side of that, you mm-hmm. know, whether it's human rights violations that are, you know, th- just unending. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, I understand why these guys want to cash a check, but at what price to their legacy Mm -hmm. and if they don't care about that and it's only about cash well then dustin johnson can answer the questions the way he answered the questions which were hey i i do what's best for me and my family and Mm -hmm. that's it Mm -hmm. and and this is this is to secure our future now i'd like to think that he he probably has secured their future with the way he's played to this point in his career i don't know enough about what these players have issue with with regard to the PGA Tour and the share of the money. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. So if they're really getting ripped off by the PGA Tour, then hey, mm-hmm. do what you gotta do. And and if you're willing to to jump in bed with the Saudis, then have at it. But mm-hmm. I, I I it's not I don't think if I was in the prime or just past the midline of my career, I don't. I don't think I personally would would go do that. I just. I what just. Do you think? I just wish 
Phil or Dustin or whoever, when they do give the press conference, and Phil did give his press conference because I think they're playing tomorrow in London, I wish one of them would just be like, look, you guys, here's the deal. You know, uh, yes, I love the PGA Tour. Of course, I've won majors. It's given me this, it's given me that. We all have a price. Some of us may not, but most people have a price. And it, it, the money was just too good to pass up. You know, I mean, as far as the tour fucking us and, you know, using our likeness to make money and we don't see any sort of, you know, royalties from that or whatever their argument is like you, I don't really know. But it's been pretty good. They've made your career. You know, they have afforded you to get these sponsors. You've obviously played well enough too. But it's, I wish one of them would just say, the money's really good. $200 million. I'd love to hear who would turn that down. You know, for those of you who are naysaying me, for like the Chamblees of the world or whatever, you think if Chamblee was offered half a billion, $500 million to go announce over there, do you think he'd do it? I don't know. Probably. I mean, that's that. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know him at all. I don't know um, him at all either. I'm just, I'm just saying. I know, like, I know what your point is. Your point is everybody has a price, I guess. But then. Everybody Except has a Tiger. price, but Tiger Tiger was apparently offered almost a billion dollars, like high nine figures, and he's like, nah. But that makes sense. I yeah, and and I think I think that that's a wise decision. Yes. for somebody that is highly as as highly regarded as Tiger Woods, and I think some of these guys are damaging their legacy forever. Now, mm-hmm. if you don't care about that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think about that all the time in in Major League Baseball when when these guys are like, "Well, it's a second performance enhancing drug violation." You know, you can kiss the Hall of Fame goodbye. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not everybody cares about the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Maybe they they'd rather, you know, fly in the face of of the rules of the game and take whatever per- performance enhancing drug they're taking. Make their three hundred and fifty million dollars, mm-hmm. and okay, I got caught. I still made my three hundred and fifty million dollars, right. and okay, I don't go into the Hall of Fame. Eh, whatever, I don't, I don't care. Yeah, I, I assume there are quite a few players that would say Hall of Fame or three hundred and fifty million dollars. If if you know you're going to get caught, yeah, then you're not going to the Hall of Fame. I would say most, more than fifty percent would be okay. I mean, I yeah, all right. I'm, I'll take the money, and and I think that that's for each individual to come up with. Now, I mean, the other slippery slope is when you say, "Well, I'm not going to take any Saudi money." I mean they they have they have funding in a lot of different companies that a lot of us use every sure, day. Exactly. So, so you know, where's the line? And and if you're you're going to throw rocks at 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 their glass mm-hmm. house, well then good luck because yeah. you're probably doing in some roundabout way the same type thing. Right. You're just not an all world golfer that they care to pay to to watch play. Right. So sure. You know, I, I it's just unfortunate to me that that the money that that is funding this is coming from the Saudis instead mm-hmm. of some other corporation that says, okay, we're going to take on the PGA tour and it's, it feels a little more clean, mm-hmm. but you know, when we, Phil, Phil said so many things that were just so crazy dumb about, you know, the human rights 
mm-hmm. violations and the, the terrible track record that they have. And these guys are bad MFers and whatever, yeah. almost just scoffing at the whole thing. And yeah. I, that's just dumb. In in from where I sit, I, I agree. Mean, and the the, the 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 issue though is, as you talk about legacy, it's almost like Phil's. He it was already tarnished before he even stepped foot on that London golf course. So, you know, after he made all those comments, and then yeah, and then I was like, all right, well, I took these weeks off, and fuck it. Well, now what do I have to lose? You know what I mean? Like it's over. I might as well go do this. But he's going to come back and play in the U.S. Open. I and know. He's going to come back and. Do you, how do you these think guys he's going to go play in the majors? His reception, do you think he'll get booed? No. Because the U.S. Open, everyone loves Phil at the U.S. Open. Everyone. Even though yeah, that's the thing. That is that is what a fan is all about. Even if somebody shows up there with the sole intent, the sole intent to boo and heckle mm-hmm. Phil Mickelson for this because he's an easy target now. If he's in the lead and finally wins the U.S. Open to mm-hmm. complete his career Grand Slam, people will go crazy. Oh, gosh. And yeah. those same people that are there booing him will be there cheering him five minutes later if he's in a position to win. Yes. So, And it's the same thing in baseball. You know, everybody's booing the perceived steroid guys, unless they're on your team. Of course. If they're on the other team, then boo, boo, boo. But if they're on your if they're in your uniform, yay, this guy's amazing. I, I want to watch him hit home runs. Yeah. So it's a little hollow. You know, I, I it it rings a little hollow to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just it was almost like once the US Open, once USGA said that that they were going to allow anyone to play in the U.S. Open. That's when you saw Bryson and Patrick Reed announce that they're they're bailing. And then I'm wondering if after the U.S. Open, now you're going to have more people moving over. You know? There's going to be more well, sort of defectors. I don't know. Well, at some point, at some point, yeah, it's interesting because at some point the PGA Tour that's that's basically said, okay, you go over there, you're not going to be a part of this tour. If enough people go over there, mm-hmm. they're going to have to change that. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to change their stance because yeah. you can't have a tour. You already barely have Tiger, who's not playing in the U.S. Open. Yeah, he's he's waiting for the British Open. Um, so you you already barely have him. Now you don't have Phil. Who are the marketable guys on the PGA Tour? Who yeah. who moves the needle? I I don't know who that is anymore. I don't. Yeah, and Fowler, it, Ricky went over to to the Live Tour. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, okay. Sergio yeah. Garcia went Sergio's over to the Live there, Tour. Yeah. I I don't know who they're marketable. Who who are the guys? That's like, oh my God, so and so is it still Spieth? Maybe like he's in the lead. Spieth. JT. Justin Thomas, yeah, no. he's a great guy. He's DJ a great is player, gone now, but- so no more DJ. You know, then you got Scheffler, the new guy who's just kind of like, Ee-aw. yeah, and just an amazing. I mean, the guy's so good. Yeah, it's crazy, but, but- nobody's going. Oh my god, I gotta run home. <laughs> Scheffler's in the lead. Yeah, DeChambeau's gone. Who was a big draw? You know. Yeah, I don't it's, know. It's true. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this short break with more Daddy Issues. All right. My other thing that yeah. I was going to talk to you about, 
Michelle, I, I don't know that you and I have even talked about this. When we were in Cabo, and I can't give a lot of detail, mm-hmm. but I'll give enough. When we were in Cabo, not not when the four of us were in Cabo, mm-hmm. but when, when Michelle and the boys and I were just there a couple weeks ago. Okay. Michelle, and she's still struggling with her dad passing away. She talked to somebody that her friend Sheila gave her, and I guess this person would, would be categorized as a medium. Yep. Like somebody who gives a quote-unquote reading. I don't know what they're doing on the other side. I don't know. And this is just by the phone. Yep. And all the woman knew was Michelle's first name and her phone number Mm -hmm. because she called her. Now, is there there a possibility of, of background check and links and, you know, could you find out that... Um, that Michelle is somebody at ESPN and then go down that rabbit hole and then you you know you link into me and whatever. If somebody cared to do all that for a hundred bucks, I don't think so that they're no. gonna do that much work. No. But the detail yeah. with which this woman gave a reading to my wife was it, it was stunning. Mm. Like stunning mm-hmm. about her dad about her dad's house, about her dad's, you know, not being proud of the clutter and everything else and where to find all of his papers because Michelle and her brother Andy don't really know where his anything in his estate or, I mean, he had no estate, but anything in his, mm-hmm. you know, where he banked, they didn't even know that. So, you know, they're, they're going, you know, where to find all that stuff and that stuff was there. Mm. Stuff about Michelle's brother, stuff about Michelle's brother's kid, stuff about me, stuff about my dad coming in and talking wow. to her about were you um, listening? how proud. No. She wrote down 16 pages of notes. Jesus and Christ. And then we sat there, and she went through the whole thing with me, and I, I was emotional. She went through it with Trudy, who doesn't, my daughter, who doesn't believe in a lot of that stuff and thinks it's all bullshit, and, and to the point where Trudy was crying because of things my dad was saying, crashing this reading mm. and saying, you know, I never got a chance to meet Michelle. She and I would have been two peas in a pod, mm-hmm. um, making mention of my first wife, talking and saying that he's obsessed with uh, you have two. Bo- you have do you have two boys? Yeah, I have two. Yes, we have two boys. He's saying, are the boys similar? Yes, they're twins. Um, and and like with first names and mm. and. You know, is there Blake and a Wyatt and he's watching over them and he's watching over Joe's older daughters. And I just couldn't be more proud of my son. And was I a good enough dad? Did I tell him enough? And I mean, and it was on mm. and then about Michelle's mom and, and more stuff about her dad. And I mean, it was just shocking yeah. how amazing yeah. wow. this reading was. Wow. And it, I'm kind of a that's a bunch of crap and you know it's it's all mind games and these people are skilled at at giving you half answers and asking you questions and you're revealing things that you don't know you're revealing but but there was so much detail and stuff that even if she knew that Michelle was Michelle Beisner who worked at ESPN was married to Joe Buck this woman would have had no idea that this other stuff of course was not yeah out there uh, see I, uh, I, I stuff bl- that I can't even say yeah. Why? It's too personal? It's personal about... It's not about Michelle and me. It's personal about other people in Michelle's life. Oh, okay. And it's it's not fair for me to talk about no, it. But no. they did say... Of this woman not. did say Michelle 
said, do you believe in past lives? And Michelle's like, eh, you know, I don't not. I don't really think about it. This woman's like, I've, I've done readings for 20 years and you're the first, you're one of the few women I've ever talked to where every one of your past lives, you were a man. And you were either a ruler, you were a ruler, a king, somebody who made decisions, and in three of your six lives, you were killed, and in the other three, you did a lot of killing of other people. This couldn't make more sense. I mean, it's perfect. Like, I, 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 that, that energy makes sense to me. Not, not that she's masculine or as like a man, but like, she's tough as shit. You know what I mean? She's a strong yeah. woman. She would be categorized as a guy's girl. Yes. And, and this. And with this, a mustache. Yes. 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 And so I, I just, my, my question to you, and I know the answer before I even ask it, <laughs> but I know from coming from whence you come mm. with Goldie and Cade and everybody else, the women that I know in your life. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you've been, even my mom, this is the last, I know I'm going on. Even my mom, who is the most religious person I know, when she was in New York in the 60s and she was acting and, you know, doing Broadway and different things, she saw a fortune teller or a reader, a medium or whatever the hell these people are and this woman said, you will meet a white-haired man who will have six kids, and you will have two kids of your own, and your son, your, your firstborn will be a son, and people in this country will know who he is. Hmm. And she met my dad two years later, white-haired man with six kids, That's and had my sister and me. It's crazy. And so she's told that story for 50 years, yeah. 40 years. And so even, even she doesn't have a leg to stand on because somebody told her what was going to happen yeah. in her life and it happened. Yeah. I believe in all that stuff. I mean, I take it with a grain of salt, but I do believe that the human can tap into certain things. You know, I, I do believe in psychic ability. I believe in sort of accessing parts of your brain that are inaccessible to some um, you know, even if you read Eastern philosophical stuff or spirituality through Buddhism and Hinduism and how deep you can go through meditation and the Dalai Lama and how, you know, how he has found his successor, it's pretty incredible shit, you know? And I do believe that it would be sort of short-sighted to think that we as humans are at our maximum capability, you know what I mean? Like, doesn't that sound crazy if I'm like, no, this is it. We've maxed out. Our brains have maxed out. This is all we can handle. No way. I mean, we're such infant creatures, really. And we're extraordinary that way. And we're, we've, got this, we've got an intelligent design. And so I believe that there are certain people who can tap into tap into more than we can even imagine, you know? And well, if you believe in spirits, if you believe that my dad... And maybe you don't, but if you believe that my dad crashed this reading, mm -hmm. then that means you have to believe that there's something after 
this life, which you've told me many times you no. don't think there is. No, like no, no. We die I never and said, we become I, worm food. I never said that. I said, I don't believe in God. <clears throat> I didn't say that I don't I believe that we just we just die and then it's just blackness. I just don't believe in God and I don't believe that there's like a heaven and a hell and all that stuff. I just don't believe that. I think that's just that's a creation. That's that's text. You know what I mean? That's 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 the a game of a giant game of telephone over thousands of years. I don't, you know, I just don't believe that. So, uh, but I do believe that there is something bigger. I don't know what it is, but I think that, I don't think, I think there's something beyond this. We are made up of, of energy. And from a physics standpoint, energy never goes away. So we have to, we're electricity. It has to go somewhere. Something has to happen. I don't know what the fuck it is, but I don't believe in the, in the pearly gates. You know, I don't believe in the judgment of a, of a man. You know what I mean? Like, So you don't. But you don't believe that if you just go on a killing spree right now, mm-hmm. that I'm going to hell? No. That your spirit, whatever spirit that is, that mm-hmm. exists after you yeah. get shot, right? Running to your Ford Fiesta, yeah. That that you don't think that that thing that that spirit now is dark, yeah. and. I mean, okay. maybe. Right. Yeah. I mean, th- th- right. I'm not saying it's all sort of rainbows and unicorns. I mean, maybe, and yeah, maybe Jeffrey Dahmer is just, it's not, a, it's not great. You know, he's stuck in between something and he's, he's a tortured soul, tortured spirit. I don't know. There's no great sort of plan. I don't believe in yeah, Not at all. I believe you can manifest things, meaning like, you know, you can be positive and you can sort of work hard and and go through life with a positive attitude. And, but, and then I do believe in luck. I do believe there is luck. But do you believe in life after luck? No. Do you believe in life love, after love? Yes. Yes. Do you believe in share? A hundred percent. Do you believe in sunny? Sonny, uh, poor do you, Sonny. Do you think Sonny Bono is in heaven right now? 100%. He's got me, babe. Like, there's just no doubt about it that Sonny's in heaven, you know? <laughs> uh, but yeah. anyway, no, getting back to that, it's amazing. And, and honestly, I want, I want to talk to this person. I would love to have a session. I, I have fucking did, dealt with psychics all my life. My mom has turned me on to them and, and I will consult the Oracle, you know, when I have sort of a decision to make, I, when you I, will? Oh dude, when I was well, doing, what, what does that mean? I'm going to explain the Oracle when I, and that's sort of the joke, but that, that's what I said to mom. I'm like, mom, we got to consult the Oracle here. You know, but I was, I finished rules of engagement. Rio was 10 days old. I got a job. I got an offer called, uh, for a show called Nashville that I ended up doing. It was for no money. I was making a great living on rules, and then Nashville comes along, and it's like not a lot of money at all. I'm like, okay, you know, but I got to stay relevant and this and this and that. I did not want to do it. I didn't want to leave Rio. She was 10 days old, going to Nashville for two years, going back, and it was just going to be, it was hell for me. And I called like 80 different psychics. And I'm like, oh, God, I don't know what to do. And every one of them was like, you need to go. You have to go. Like, this is a, a part 
of your story and it's, it's only going to be great for you and, and you need to go do this, you know? So, and I went and did it and it was great for me. You know, it, it helped me sort of keep my career going. And then I got another job and another, I got a job right after that or actually during Nashville. Um, and then even on this show, <laughs> even on the cleaning lady this summer, this last summer, I had a, I had a, a, a decision to make cause I got offered two jobs, an NBC show and this show the cleaning lady NBC show shot in LA, which was amazing, but it was comedy and it was really cute, but it was like, I've done this before and blah, 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 blah. or this different kind of show, but it was shooting in Albuquerque and da, 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 da. And this was right in the height of my anxiety. I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm getting offered two jobs, right? This is now. when you were not sweating. Yeah. This is when I was, everything was wrong with me. I was a fucking nightmare. I mean, you remember that? Like, you know, our audience oh, yeah. remembers that they're like, God, thank God this guy's back. But anyway, I, I consulted the oracles, multiples. And I'm like, what the fuck do I do here? Like, I don't want to go to Albuquerque and live there, but I'm scared. I don't know. Every one of them was like, no, you got to go. You got to go to Albuquerque. This is the job. This is the job that you need to do. That came up in, in Michelle's reading. You know, I know that your husband, does he have a bad back? I'm sensing I'm getting a lot of pressure on, on my back. And they're like, yeah, I've had back surgery. Mm-hmm. But this woman said, you know, I know he's he's not as happy as he should be about a move that he's made recently, a big move in his career. And and you need to tell him that he needs to let it go because it was the right move. Mm-hmm. He made the right move for his life and for his career. Mm-hmm. Which again, I mean, and, and then when she saw somebody, she talked to somebody two years ago and predicted that that was going to happen. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. And she's like, he's going to be, and I thought it was going to be Jeopardy. I thought I was going right. to get offered Jeopardy. And 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 this woman said, he's going to do something that he's wanted to do, and it's going to be a challenge, and it's going to go well, but it's not going to lead to the next chapter. There will be something right after that. Mm. And it was Jeopardy, and it went well, and, you know, crickets. And then... Here comes ESPN out of nowhere. Yeah. So, I mean, this stuff, you can put it out there and and hope that it it gets delivered somehow, which I, I think that's yeah. part of that. I think it? that there are good psychics and bad psychics. There are swindlers like anything else, like any business that you get into. You know, Like the Wizard of Oz one. No, that dude was... He was good. He was legit? He was legit. Oh, oh yes, uh, Dorothy. Huh? Well, great and powerful eyes. Hey, what? I see a, I see a dog, and I see an, an old lady. Do you have an aunt or a grandmother or a mom or a woman in your life? Yes, Auntie M. Yes. Oh, Dorothy, she's calling for you now. There's a twister coming. Yeah, that's that's. <laughs> but I want, I want this. Is it a man or a woman? Woman. I want her number. Okay. And I've got one for you, too. I want you to call her. Actually, that'd be fun. If the next show, like, you've talked to this girl, Patricia, who's an amazing... You just get on the phone with her. So inexpensive. It's crazy. And she's awesome. And she's Irish. And she throws tarot cards. And she's great. I mean, she's amazing. And she knows nothing. But I, I think you have to be open to it also. Sure. You know, like it, on the other end. Like if, if I went in, I was like, oh, this is bullshit. And she's throwing cards. And like this woman said to Michelle, she's like, I don't 
She's like, I'm an ADHD psychic. And if something hits me, I say it. Mm-hmm. I, it's not going to all be in chronological order. I'm just going to say what hits me. And are you willing to hear stuff that's not all puppy dogs and rainbows? She's like, absolutely. Hit me with all of it. And and so she did. And there was some bad stuff in there. I mean, and, and not stuff about her, thankfully, but it's forced her to go get a blood panel mm-hmm. and different things in her own life. But there were, there were, it was not all pleasant. It was not all great. Mm-hmm. And especially about her dad and, and a lot of the, a lot of the regrets that he had talking to her through this woman. If you believe in that, mm-hmm. like I, I didn't do a good enough job of telling you how great of a daughter you are and how proud I am of you. And mm. it's, and he hadn't passed on yet, according to this woman mm-hmm. and, and the person who would let him pass on would be Michelle. And so when we were laughing at her talking to the pigeon, when we were all there, <laughs> she also lit a candle and, said a prayer ish and hopes that he passed on but i i you know pat crossed over or whatever the hell it poltergeist language you want to assign to it (laughs) he's in the bardos right now he's in the bardos (laughs) the tibetan book of living and dying read that book it's i don't want to (laughs) like a little kid i don't want to um, <laughs> don't there's no part of me i will not open that book <laughs> there's no world where you open it it's super there's no dense. world it's so dense too and crazy but it's good. i'm trying like hell to get through dave grohl's book and I, I and it's great every time i open i'm like jesus i love this book yeah and i'm halfway through it i just can't do it oh god i gotta start reading more i i just i'm so loving television right now i cannot stop watching tv and it's it's a a problem like i need to read but i just get i smoke big dubs and i get in bed and i just and i'm watching tv differently these days you know how you get onto a netflix or an hbo max or whatever your streaming platform is and you want to pick the best movie or the best show. And, and you're like, ooh, I, I want to watch that. But you're like, oh, God, do I? What if there's something better? There's always something better to watch on TV. And then you end up watching trailers and cruising around trying to find something for an hour. And you're like, oh, fuck, I, I, I got to go to bed. So I, right. I'm different now. Now I'm like, if I see it, I feel it, I put it on. And it's been fun. You don't second guess it. Do not Is second guess it. that how you used to go through Blockbuster? No. Did you just re- roam those aisles? Like, I would roam. Night? Yeah, 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 yeah. For did sure. Did you buy? Did you buy candy at Blockbuster ever? Yeah. Me, the fat kid. I killed some Twizzlers. Yeah, there. yeah. I buy candy there, for sure. Oh my god, Blockbuster! The movies were like behind the cover. Yeah, you know? you'd see the box, and, right. But the actual, the white box, yeah. with the Actual VHS had to be behind it. Yeah, and then when it wasn't, you're like, damn it, God. <laughs> <laughs> Preston got here before me. I can't believe I wanted to watch Goonie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Going to the movie store was fun, though. It was, like, exciting, you know? Have you seen, uh, uh, you know, the Tom Cruise thing? No, not yet. I really want to see it in the theater. Me too. Yeah. I'm going to go watch that this week, actually, before I Why can't I not think of the name of it? Top Gun. Top Gun. Jesus. Wow. I need that's, to lay down. That's age, buddy. That's age. It's age. I won my golf match today. Though. Oh, you did? Yeah. Nice. I played good. Do you know what you I shot? Played many, many good. 
Huh? Did you, did you keep score or not really? Because it's match play. Yeah, I shot 76, but I had uh, shot 76 with two doubles. Oh, Jesus. That's really good. Yeah. From the back tees, windy, wet. Wow. And it was a legit 76. So you're playing golf I beat golf a kid who, who plays in the NHL. Yeah. He's 32. So I felt young for a day. How how badly did you beat him? Uh, I was I was up four after match play. I was up four after four holes. Wow. He tied me on ten. He went ahead on thirteen. So he came back from I, a four a four a four point deficit. He did. Wow. Then I was down after thirteen. I tied him on fourteen. I went ahead of him on fifteen. He made an unbelievable up and down on me on par five, 16 to tie me. And then I won it on 17. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I won the whole. Yeah, with a par. I was two up with one to go. Wow, dude. Now, what? Uh-huh. How, how many more matches do you have to be the club champion? I think three. Do you think you can do this? I'm not I I'm I'm not answering that question, but I feel better than I'm a better player now than I was when I got to the finals. It just depends on how I play when I play. Are you in the, the next top flight? Oh yeah. Yeah, okay, good. I got to go put my kids to bed. All right, go. I love you. Listen to Daddy Issues on the iHeartRadio app on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Daddy Issues is a production of Cavalry Audio and iHeartMedia, produced by Margot Carmichael. Sound engineering and editing by Josh Windish. Executive produced by Joe Bach, Oliver Hudson, Dana Brunetti, and Keegan Rosenberger.